Hello and welcome back to the Black Celebration. I am your host. Am I your host? <laughs> I am your host, Just Mish, and we have a very special guest with us. We have Reese G from Atlanta, and we also have our piece of pop culture lead, Justice Tariq. So he is going to join us for the entire conversation. As you know, we live by the EMC lifestyle where we educate, mitigate, and celebrate. Today we are celebrating with a bottle of brown Chardonnay. Unfortunately, we do not have a bottle of champagne because... Well... Black companies do not get their due justice in the stores. So, we're still waiting on more of the black companies to have their champagne in the stores. Hopefully, next month, um, the Brown Estate will actually have out their rosé and their brut so that we can have it on the show. But for now, this is a black-owned company. So, please look it up. And, Reese G, if you will do the honors of I sure opening. will. Yes. And while he does that, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Reese G., um, he is the executive producer and creator of Chasing Dallas. Yes. Um, and he also has the show on YouTube. He is a friend of Justice Tariq. He is from, again, Atlanta, Decatur, Georgia. Yes, where it's always Where it's greater. Okay. Um, he has been excellent since we've began to talk, and he is a part of the LGBTQ community. It is Pride Month, and so we're going to have a conversation today to educate people about the black experience in the LGBTQ community, and then also just kind of having a conversation about what it's like celebrating, um, being able to be free in who you are and true to yourself. So... Reese, yes. would you like to add anything else? Tell us a little bit more about you. Sure. I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Decatur, where it's greater. <laughs> you know, I've been in Dallas um, almost half a decade now, which is interesting because awesome. I never would have pictured myself in Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> yeah, it was so random. But it's um, it's been a this it, this experience of my life has been definitely um, hashtag adulting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Hello. So it's, it's really, um, it's really been a journey for sure. So okay, mm -hmm. awesome. Justice, do you want to share anything new about you? Because the people don't usually get justice for this long on the show. So they don't. They don't. So give us a little bit. Okay. I mean, I'm just here, honey. I'm existing. I am improving. I am advancing in my career. You Come know, on. I am in school. Unfortunately, I'm still very tired. Come on, <laughs> I'm exhausted. But you know, hey, I'm trying to make sure that you see me for a long time yes. so I'll make sure that this little hour that I'm here will not be the only time that you see me come on and we love it yes. so we're going to do a toast first I already had tasted it y'all oh you did oh I no you finally toast to this amazing conversation yeah. we're about ding, to ding, have ding, yeah. um thank you for joining us and for being a voice thank you for thank you for having me thank y'all for having me yeah definitely Absolutely. Thank you for accepting. I'm so excited that you're here. Mm. Can't wait for this conversation. I know. Oh, yeah. I thought it was so Justice actually brought mm. up to me that June was Pride Month. Yes. And I was like, okay, well, absolutely we have to have the conversation because mm -hmm. I consider myself an ally and you yes. guys will by the end of the conversation let me know whether or not I am, like, am I doing the right things? Am mm -hmm. I, you know? 
Um, and we but, are, you are already just by even partaking in this conversation. So most deaf. Okay. Well, I appreciate that because I think that it's very important for us as black people, period, to be able to talk about our experiences. And so with that, I want to start with the question of what does Pride Month mean to you? Like what, since it is being broadcasted and celebrated and all that, what does it mean to you for this to be going on? I believe for me, Pride Month means a moment of reflection of how far we have come Mm. as a community, as a nation. And then when even you look at the different derivatives of what it means to be LGBTQ plus, it. it's grown. I mean, at first it was just, you know, queer and gay, and then Mm -hmm. it grew into LGBT, and now it's LGBTQ+. And, you know, and then we're able to include the allies into it because, I mean, without y'all being a voice in spaces that we can't, we are not able to progress. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa on the other side, with us being able to be voices for Black women in particular, women of color um, included in that, it, to me pays homage to the transgender women, visually feminine men that were a part of Stonewall that made those moves and Mm -hmm. made those drastic actions to make it easier for us today. So it just kind of is like a, it's like our Black History Month, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just another month that we can reap some benefits from shit. Right. So can I cuss? (laughs) Yeah, you can. Oh, cause some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what that's what it means to me, you know, for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Justice? Pride Month to me is a time to celebrate, uh, which, you know, I'm all about having fun. I enjoy myself every day. But during, you know, 6 slash 1 through 6, six slash 30, mm-hmm. it's fun. I get to celebrate. I get to see people support Because, you know, everyone, you may have the support there, but it's not vocalized Mm. 365. So so it's great to have a time frame where things are put on the spotlight. So that way we can support, uh, we get the support, and we also get the chance, like like Reese said, to to kind of shine light on the past and see where we come from and where we came from and where we're going. Um, So I really do enjoy it. Um, there, There are... Different <clears throat> sections of it that, you know, can be a little interesting, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll get to. But right. um, I definitely do enjoy Pride Month. It's, it's very fun to me. It's a very free time. And the fact that it's the beginning of the summer. So, mm. like, it's when my thighs can come out anyway. And you're right. going to accept it anyway. It right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hot girl summer. It's going to be a hot gay summer. No, no, no. Regardless. It is a Lori Harvey summer. It's Look, a Lori, Lori Harvey. T shirts coming soon. Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because that's where the real bag is. Okay. Oh, oh she is. Oh, yes. oh, I mean, she, she was born into it. She but... chasing and getting. Ooh. But that's another conversation. Ah, yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. So, to two points of what you all just said. Mm-hmm. One, Reese G, you just said that you, in your explanation, you said that it's a time for other people to speak as well. Mm-hmm. So, I pride myself in diversity and inclusion training, Mm -hmm. and I'm actually presenting a training to my colleagues next week, Mm -hmm. and I'm including not just 
race, but LGBTQ+, I'm including disability, like all of that in the diversity training because I don't think that it's discussed enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use a lot of what I learned today to also be included in that because I work with children and I know that there are kids that need people to be a voice for them. Mm -hmm. And as the part of their life when they're coming to schools and, you know, being faculty, we can help educate other people because there are a lot of people that are not educated and they don't want to learn, mm-hmm. right? They they have no knowledge and they don't want to go out and get the knowledge. So I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. So to that, um, just as you said something that it can be interesting, there's a part of pride that could be interesting. So I have a question about you being... Black, gay males, and your counterparts getting a lot of the uh, media attention or um, they're put in the forefront of pride and things like that. Like, How do you feel about that? I think it's... It's easy to just say it's how the cookie crumbles, but that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if we can analyze what my dollars are going to, honestly, uh, then I feel like I can support the proper channels to make sure that I have the avenues to represent myself and my people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, Coach is coming out with a pride line or Nike got all these gay shoes and you know, everybody's thing is a rainbow starting at, you know, 1201 June 1st. But what that has nothing to do with the struggle. That has nothing to do. And there's different intersectionalities as well. But uh, for me being black, I'm like, oh, OK, well, everyone that I see looks like everybody at the Gap. Mm. You know, and I don't want to see that. Right. I, that has that is nothing for me personally. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, I'm like, what can we do to... Make sure that our voices, uh, being you know black, gay, or you know pan, uh, anybody within the LGBTQIA plus community, what can we do to advance our voices and make sure that we're heard? It's very, it's 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 very interesting to see, and it's it's uh, I see some progression year by year. Honestly, I do. Uh, because I, I, I'm only 26, so I, I am blessed to be able to say that I've grown up in a tolerable time frame mm-hmm. where a lot, thing, a lot of things are a little bit more uh, open and um, people are just a little bit more liberal, I guess, right, mm-hmm. uh, towards certain times. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing where it goes, but it's not, it's not moving fast enough for me personally. Mm. So that's why I say it's interesting. Right. Because I feel like they're using... The rainbow as a dollar, but the rainbow has a lot of colors, and I feel like I'm not being represented in that color. Mm. So okay, Reese G. I mean, just to piggyback off that, I do think that when it comes to mainstream media, which is why I started to utilize my platform to shed some light on us, gay folk first, black people next, mm-hmm. um, not second, but next. Mm-hmm. It's always been a thing where mainstream uses whatever is popping as a way to make some money, which is the business. I'm not going to shoot you down for that. I mean, you got to make your money because the last thing, like a blue-eyed, you know, uh, blue-eyed blonde hair was out of out of style. So next thing it was was transgender women. You know, now that's the thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, once upon a time, it was black feminine men with Derek J and Miss Lawrence were the highlight of a lot of things. So, Very I mean, true. you definitely have to move with the trends. My only problem or reservation about that is we need more of our allies that are not a part of these mainstream campaigns to understand that LGBTQ people are not just sex. Mm. we're not different because we have sex with the same sex because that's what people like to break it down to be. It's more so of we're only LGBTQ because there was a sector created for us because we were discriminated against and needed respect from Mm -hmm. for being who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's just imagine if LGBTQ that that denomination was taken away. There's nothing different from a man of color to a uh, heterosexual man of color to a homosexual man of color outside of us being able to love the same sex. Because if you look at it, it's the same concept of a heterosexual man loving his brother or his uncle Mm -hmm. or his cousin that's male, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to me, if people just mind their own damn business about what goes on up under my sheets, then we could be okay with just, (laughs) just living and coexisting. But I think that when it comes to the allies, it's always a walking upon eggshells and hot coals when we talk about gay folk in general, because it's like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Or it's kind of like a white person loving a song that got the N-word in it. And it's like, you got to pause right there because it's like, I don't want you to think that I'm racist. But it's that same concept of, okay, so just because you are gay, you're different. So let me tiptoe around certain things. Because I come from a time where it was, all they wanted to know was, okay, so who doing who? Okay, cool. But why is that a... Why is that a thing? Why does that matter? Why does it matter? Just yeah. know that he's happy and I'm happy too. Right. Yeah. To that point, mm-hmm. that is why I said I consider myself an ally. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to say stuff like, I have a lot of gay friends. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that is the same thing as a white person saying, I have, have black, black friends. friends. Mm-hmm. No, these are just my friends mm-hmm. that happen to be gay. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it, it has nothing to do with like, oh, um... I'm more of an ally because I have gay friends, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. But, and that's why I don't walk on eggshells. Like, Justice can tell you, I just ask him, should I say that? And now I'm not asking it like, you know, uh, I don't think I should say this. I'm asking because I want to be respectful. It's the same thing, I, t- take it on the flip. I have a Hispanic friend that asked me about black hair. Mm-hmm. And their question was just straight up. They were like, why are people so fascinated with your hair? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, it's because everybody else's hair looks the same. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, Hispanic people, white people, Asian people, it's just that straight hair. But he asked the question in a way of like, I'm not trying to tiptoe around it. I just mm-hmm. have a question, right? Yeah. And I think that that, for me, when it comes to the community, it's like, why are y'all making such a big deal about what somebody else is doing at their house, in their room, in their bed, you know? And so it's good to hear you say that because mm-hmm. that's how I think a lot of the times. But um, I don't have a lot of conversations with people about it, you know, just on an everyday basis. So I'm glad you said that. So let me challenge that. So <clears throat> let's 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 equate gay black men to 
a black woman's hair, mm-hmm. right? Black woman's hair can take so many different forms. Naturally, it can be kinky. You can straighten it out and it can stay because it takes to a product. You can braid it up. You can wrap it around. You know, you can do mo- many things that other races cannot do with their hair, right? Yes. And that is something that other races envy. It's something that I wish I can get that tightly coiled hair without using a chemical mm-hmm. just so I can give this look to feel beautiful, right? On Tuesday. On Tuesday. Because on Thursday, I can mm-hmm. do something different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now let's let's jump over. So when you have a gay black man, you call us a bitch, we're going to take it as a compliment. Mm-hmm. You call a straight man a bitch, he's going to take it as a, as a shot, you know? If we embrace our, our gayness in the workplace, it's actually going to help us progress because... There's a whole nother quota that people don't want to talk about when it comes to corporate America, but by having somebody gay is like having somebody of color on your team. Most then, definitely. Ignorant people always think that gay people are smarter. <laughs> are smarter. So, you know, I think that it, when it comes to when when a black woman realizes that she can lean into her beautiful her beauty with her crown and glory, mm-hmm. then that helps with a gay man leaning into the idea that you have way more strength than any heterosexual man on the face of the earth. Mm. And then people always put black men at the top of the totem with that strength factor. And so we're a step ahead. The only thing that we don't do, but we could, is give your black woman a baby. You just, I mean, I'm a good to that. <laughs> well, I identify as pansexual, so, yeah. you know, I can, I can. Really? Okay, so tell us about that. Uh, so that just means that I can, I'm more so attracted to the person mm-hmm. and not down there. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I don't, mm-hmm. that word gets mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> but I've always been someone that's like, oh, okay, well, this is a masculine presenting man, mm-hmm. or this is a masculine presenting woman, mm-hmm. uh, or this is a feminine man, or this is a feminine woman. I, I can do, or this is a transsexual man. I've literally, this, the spectrum has interested me and I've dated. And uh, so that for me is how I identify because I'm like, you know, as long as I click with that individual, that's what matters. I don't care what society says. I don't care what is going on under your clothes because at the end of the day, if I like you, I'm going to make sure that what I got can please you mm. in any which way of the fashion. Come on, okay. what I got. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about your experience within the black community mm. being <laughs> LGBTQ plus like <laughs> my experience with being um a a man of black experience and also being a man that identifies as homosexual has been different from everywhere that I've traveled to. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um when I traveled overseas people thought I was a woman. <laughs> because of the way that I wanted to dress overtly feminine one day. Okay. Um, in Atlanta, it was always, I mean, as a you guys may not know, but I was a stylist for about 11 years mm-hmm. in Atlanta. I did okay. wardrobe. So when people equate you to a section or a career in beauty, if you're gay, then first thing they're going to think, and it was kind of offensive. I had experience with my family, my dad's side of the family, and um, we were playing um, categories. Mm. 
Okay. The okay. word game. Yeah, the word game. Mm-hmm. So basically, you get a letter and then you um, get a category and then you say, you write down a word that equates to that thing. So it could be um, something that you drink that starts with L mm-hmm. and then you could put liquor, right? And so you have to put like a shoe and then it starts with L. So I said a Louboutin, you know, and they would say things like, oh, well, I know that's right because you in fashion. And it's like, bitch. and then even working in the industry you know i dated you know at the beginning of my career i dated a really popular rapper Mm -hmm. on the low and it was it was it was a sense of security for him because he knew i'm trying to get somewhere he's helped me fund my career and because i was a gay man he knew that it was okay to do that versus his other dl homeboy that he knows you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then in the industry, when you are in the entertainment industry dealing with television and all these different people, people put you at a, honestly, a higher regard in Atlanta when you are of yeah. the community. Moving here to Dallas, and I believe it's because I had grown, it has been, the experience has been different because it's it's hush-hush, it's taboo. Oh, we don't talk about that. You know, it's very Southern, you know. Oh, that's mm. something we don't talk about. We know okay. you're gay, but we're not going to talk about it because we don't want to offend you. And then we don't want you going to this and this and this and this and doing all these things. And then even within the community, when it comes down to dating and when it comes to being social, there's so many intersections of what it means to be, you know, because at home, I'm really the trade. <laughs> I'm really chilling, but I know... There's a bigger charge on my life with being visually feminine because I love to be beautiful, you know, and whatever that means, because I'm able to inspire other people to step into this arena. And so it's to me, my experience has constantly been learning and I've never been gay bashed. I've never been um, discriminated. I don't believe that I've been I haven't noticed discrimination um, with being gay from heterosexual community. I've received more backlash from the LGBT community for being who I am than the heterosexual community. So your family and friends just were automatically accepting and there was no, like, you didn't have to come out and, you know, all of that? Or was it was there a process with your family? So my dad passed um, when I was 14. Mm-hmm. So, but my dad always... Um, Shout out to my dad <laughs> watching me. Um, my dad, I think my dad knew that I was gay before I did. Okay. Um, because okay, he do. was, he was, yes. yeah. Parents know. Yeah. You know. I'm a firm believer that yeah, parents, parents know. know. And yeah. so for my dad versus my mom, because my mom um, is um, is of the experience as well. She's, um, she's bisexual. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, he was always a, a, I'm not going to say flashy guy, but he was always, you know, he was a linen suit, gold chain, you know, deep voice dude. Right. You know, he wore bell bottoms back in the day and the fitted shirt. And so my dad, he would, he would say, now, boy, deep voice, boy, if this is what you want to do, then you're going to do it right. You know, it Mm -hmm. wasn't about me being gay. It was about me doing everything correctly. And so I used to get whoopings if if I had dirt under my fingernails. If I had dandruff in my hair, I would get a whooping because he wanted, if if I wanted to be this person, you're going to do it right. Okay. And you're not going to do it the wrong way. So when it came down to my dad's side of family, 
my daddy had already passed, so the only person I had to respect was my grandma. When well, my grandma right. went on to glory, we fucked the rest of y'all. Okay. My mom's side. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Now, with my mom's side of it, because see, my daddy's family was from the, the country, and then my mama's family from the hood. Right. So um, I was at the time when my dad passed, I had life, life happens, and I was a foster kid for a little while, and then I went on to live with one of my cousins and she was was pressuring me to come out you know i was just trying to finish high school i didn't have my first sexual experience with a guy until i was 20 mm-hmm. first year of college uh, yeah and um you know i wasn't focused on that i was just like let me get out of i went to three different high schools three different middle schools i'm trying to get out mm-hmm. so i'm not worried about you know you know what i'm saying i'm not worried about that and so she texts me one day and um, Quintina, she texted me one day. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and she was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm at my homeboy Tim House because Tim, he was he was who he was." Mm-hmm. And um, I was over at his house. We were just kicking, you know, burning CDs. You know, that's the time I come. We burning CDs trying to get the new music right. playing in the car. Okay, you know? LimeWire, right? LimeWire girl. <laughs> And so we just sitting there chilling, and I'm like, you know, I'm at Tim's house. You know, we just, you know, chilling. And she was like, why are you always hanging around with boys? I'll never see you hanging around with no girls. And I was like, in the telltale sign of being gay, you hang around a lot of females? I'm like, I'm just hanging around with the I was just about to say, I thought it was. And then, and then she said to me, um, well... I just want to know, are you gay? Because I got friends asking me and they're uncomfortable. No. Your friend's probably asking you because I'm hot as fuck. And I got out of high school. And they want a scoop of this sugar. But, um, and so with that, I think that most gay men, they start off as this whole, well, I'm bisexual stage. Mm. And um, so I had texted her and came out and I didn't go home. I stayed at his house and I went to school the following day and then I then I skipped the rest of the day and I went to my mom and I went over there to my mom's house and she came outside and she was like, what's going on? What's, what's, what's up? And I was like, oh, mama, I'm gay. No, 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 no. She was like, okay, you want to run me to the store right quick? We gotta make this food. And so that's, that's literally what it was. She was like, you gonna take me to the grocery store? Let's go to the grocery store, and we it was it was not a big deal for her. Okay. And so once I had, um, once I had that, uh, my senior year of high school, I met my best friend of almost fifteen years now, and we were each other's learning tools mm-hmm. when it comes to lifestyle. And then his his uncle, his biological uncle, is gay, and then he his husband is gay, and so they were my in essence my gay parents. Yeah. That taught me away and um so coming out was not a burden okay. but for years I wanted it to be because I wanted to I've always had this problem with wanting to be just like everybody else and wanting to be criticized and be normalized when that's Ooh. just not my you know Story, I wanted yeah. I wanted the mom to be like are you sure you don't want to read the Bible mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure you don't want to have sex with one more girl and that wasn't it for me. And so I thought that there was something wrong this for years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, but um, that just wasn't my journey. But my strength was built in another way. Mm-hmm. And so 
my experience, I believe, was different from others, but I didn't have this troubling coming out story. In fact, my um, my best friend took me over to see my grandmother when she was on her way out, and and um, she was just like, "Tell him to come over here. Who is it?" And it was just kind of like, "Okay, yeah, he wasn't my man, but right. you know, she. I, mean, I think she knew that, but it was just kind of like, all right." Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's good. That's beautiful mm-hmm. that you had that experience. Justice, I have known Justice since he was a tiny tiger. <laughs> Come on, tiny tiger. So. Eat with your Yes. The itty bitty. So, I mean, when we was literally pulling up to pick up my friend and then Justice come running outside to the car. Like, I've been knowing Justice since he was a little one. Okay. So. I mean, but I haven't talked to you about your experience. What was it like for you to... And maybe it wasn't necessarily come out to your family, but just like, you know, finally be able to just be who you were, period. So I've always had a different dynamic with my family. Um, I come from a background of uh, parents with drug addiction, and uh, that kind of leads to a level playing field Mm. as far as you're not above me because... You've stolen, like, there's just a lot of things there. So mm-hmm. we we just have, like, a level playing field. So not to get into all that. But um, when I was coming into who I, I knew that I was, I had my cousin, uh, who is now not with us anymore, she came to me and said, hey, there's people of the family saying this. And I was like, well, girl, duh. Like, yeah, girl, I'm gay. Who cares? Okay. Like, I never, I never had to think that it was an issue. I went to to Jackie Singley Academy. Uh, oh, I don't this guy. So like, I was just like, it was never a thing for me. And um, at the time when when I was going through actually telling the first person that I, you know, was attracted to men in any way, um, both of my parents were in prison, um, so I didn't have them to tell. Uh, my grandmother was still working. Uh, and then I had my cousin that was murdered literally m- months later. So <laughs> there was just a lot of growing at the same time. Uh, so it was never really a conversation that was ever had for me personally. It was more so, well, baby, what? What's up? Because I don't live with you. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I got 20, when I turned 21, uh, I got to the point where I was like, well, Justice, maybe you need to actually have this conversation with your parents. And I called my mom and I was like, hey, girl, listen, sister. The doll be down at Pride, you know. <laughs> and she was like, OK, baby, you know what? That's fine. Um, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I went to go see my daddy and I was going to you know, come to him in person because I just thought he would be against it. Mm-hmm. And he was like. He was like, what's wrong with you? Oh, you was going to tell me you was gay, huh? Oh. <laughs> he was like, get you a beer, shut up. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was never that thing. Like, even literally my parents right now are like, hey, let's go to the parade. Let's do this. Let's, um, what's going on with this person? Or can you tell me more about, you know, legendary or Pose? I really want to watch Pose. Oh, wow. Let me get your login. You know, Come on, so, still ghetto. Um, so I've never honestly had the, I've had the turmoil, but it was internal, honestly. Like when I think about it, my grandmother 
does not care. Like, even though I came from a very religious Church of God in Christ background, I'm still so blessed to say that once I realized who I was, everybody else was just like, oh, okay, we ain't got to worry about him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's never been a problem. The main thing has been like, hey, I don't want you being drugged or robbed or anything like that. Those are the scary things for my parents because I am a little bit more, you know, bouge mm-hmm. than a lot of the kids. So they <laughs> So that's where my parents' concern come from. And they, they're not worried about me being out here, you know, paying the kids all over the world. I'm not doing that. So they I'm blessed to say that I haven't had to have that worry or that stress. And it was probably a two-year time frame in between when I came out to my cousin uh, and when she was murdered to when uh, I came out to my parents. And my dad was like... Right. Go give me a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> and shut the hell up. Ultra. Sit down. So, so, like, you all tell me what y'all think Okay. about coming out, period, at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean... Is that necessary? Let me tell you why I ask. Because as we all kind of stated earlier, I feel like parents know, mm-hmm. you know. And it doesn't even have to be about sexuality. Your parent know if you're dumb or not, okay? Your parent know if they need to go ahead and get you in these basketball lessons <laughs> or if they need to get you a tutor, okay? They, they know. So outside of that, is there a reason to come out like and I say that because I feel like a lot of the times the the turmoil and the mental health issues come from a person having having the stress of needing to tell other people Mm -hmm. so is that necessary I mean I I've never told anybody I'm heterosexual that wasn't a stressor for me. And I understand, like, society and how things are changing and moving. It has not always been like that. But at this point, is that a need, a necessity? I think it's personal. I think it depends on, you know, your upbringing. You know your parents. You know what you need out of life. Um, I, for one, am somebody that you can tell me, you can call me A through Z in the book. And I'm going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go to Popeye's and get this number two, baby, because I don't care what you just said about me. Mm-hmm. Because I know who, who I am because I've created who I am for years. But for, you know, younger individuals, there's certain, you know, upbringings and things where that may be necessary. That where they feel like, if I do not say this out loud to you, you do not know who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I still don't think is the case because your parents, I feel like your parents know or the people that love you the most know and will accept you in whatever way that you identify. But I think it's a personal journey uh, because if I feel like that's something I can tell you as from when I was 16, 15, that's all I thought about. I was like, well, I didn't care about what I was dressed like. I didn't care about you know, how fat I was. Literally, the only thing that I cared about people thinking about me was, oh, he knows I'm a faggot. Like, that's what I thought about constantly in my mm-hmm. head. So once I got that out to the people that I actually gave a damn about, 
It didn't matter. Okay. Okay. So, I think so that was personal. like a stress reliever. For yeah, it was. You. Yeah. To tell I think it's the ones that are closest to you. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe it's personal as well, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. I agree with everything that he just said. Um, I think that when it comes down to the parents, you know, I think all parents create this life for their children because they're so ha- they're so happy mm-hmm. to welcome this entity into the world that was made out of love. Made out of, out of anger, made out of mistake. You know, when you are welcoming, it's a gift to be wanted, first of all, right. you know. And so to even be wanted and welcomed into this space of so many things that we deal with, to have that, to have this child, the first thing they want to think is, I want to keep them safe. So let me make a mental list of all the things that can harm mm-hmm. this child. Mm-hmm. And gay mm-hmm. is one of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. You can get gay bash, you can catch diseases to, and die you know they always think the extreme but they don't think about what beauty comes with being homosexual or part of the lgbtq community mm-hmm. and so for me when i look at it it's more of a it's the parent that i believe has to understand that this is i want my child to be a doctor i want my child to be a supermodel. I want my child to be this and that. I want my child to do everything that I could not do. So I'm going to make sure that I do everything so they don't have to struggle. Then they have to add another thought of, but if this child does not do that, I'm going to support them in whatever else they want to do. I had a conversation with my mom and I asked her, I was like, well, I said, what what was your plan for me in my mind, in your mind when I was born? She's like, well, I thought she was going to grow up and have a, a wife and about three kids by now. And, you know, I thought she was going to be a singer because she was always singing around, around the house. But, you know, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. And she was okay with that. And now I think that if a lot of parents were able to just take on that idea of Yes, this is what's planned, and I'm going to do what I need to do to help my child get to that. But if they take this right turn and just be themselves and be uniquely created, then that's okay because I'm going to support them. I'm still going to keep them safe, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to support them in everything that they do. Because at the end of it, one thing I think that all parents can agree to is the best times for their child is when their children bump their heads. Mm. You know, okay, she finna trip over that shoe. I ain't gonna move the shoe because she need to understand to watch where she going. She gonna trip over that shoe. Up, oh, she just tripped and fell and bumped her head. All right, let me go get the band aid. And so, if if parents kind of do that thing, then I don't believe that the burden is put on the LGBT folk to come out because coming out does not give you any difference of perspective from what the parent has placed on them. Now, there are some people that feel like, because I one one thing that I've seen moving to Dallas is a lot of people come from these small towns and they move to the big city of Dallas. And these guys, they are afraid to come out. I met a guy once upon a time who it was four siblings, one female in the middle, three brothers, all of them were gay. He was the only one that hadn't come out. Mm. He had went to the military. He makes the most money. He's the most prestigious, and he's the second to youngest. But he was literally the only one that hadn't come out because he thought that by coming out would make him less of a man. 
it would be a fault to his masculinity when it's not. So I think it's a it's an internal thing. I do think that it's important to understand the necessity of coming out, but parents and their children have to understand between the two of is this important for our relationship? You know, does this elevate or not? So we are talking <clears throat> about um, sexuality mm-hmm. in that. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about sex and gender. Mm-hmm. So, and I, there's two ways I want to take this because I have questions just for my own um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I want to say, oh, hold on, does everybody need to pour up? Because we, <laughs> man, we got bottles. Okay. So. Shout out to House of <laughs> Brown. Brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. House of Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, House of Brown, y'all need to send her a whole case, okay? Period. Hello. A whole case. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, in just this, you know, you have the other bottle behind you. I don't know what you mean. A <laughs> <laughs> born female mm-hmm. that feels or says or wants to be male mm-hmm. that is a process of having to come out quote unquote because mm-hmm. I don't know if there's another way to say that because you have to tell people about that mm-hmm. um, because the gender or the sex that you're assigned at birth is not what you want to be as you go through life mm-hmm. so and I'm going to take this back to my own personal experience. I had a conversation years ago now, maybe like three or four years ago with somebody. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that their sister was born female, mm-hmm. but wanted to transition to male. And now this was an adult, so they were grown. And mm-hmm. But then we started talking about children and, and we talked initially about King Amaya because... She is the first, you know, for the millennials, Mm -hmm. the first trans woman to actually, like, process through the media, right? Mm -hmm. Through Instagram, through Twitter, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So, I was telling them that, no, if my child is 10 and they were born female and they tell me, I want to transition to a male... I'm not going to allow that. Mm -hmm. The reason is because I've worked with children now for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And even just my experience as being a child, kids change their mind all the time. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to you telling me that you want to change your sex as an adolescent, I am not, I'm not for that. I feel like if you are 10 and you say to me, I want you to call me a boy, we'll have that. you born female, you want me to call you a boy, we'll have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But the transition is not something that I am um, supportive of because I think that there is mentally a lot that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And then, again, like I said, children change their minds all the time. So I have kids that I've worked with that have told me, you know, I don't want to be called she. I want to be they, them. Mm-hmm. I see them two years later and they're like, oh, miss, that's okay. I'm a girl. You know? So 
And they, this person got really, really upset with me because they were saying that you're not going to be supportive of your child. And I don't feel like that's what I was trying to convey, but maybe the words I was using were not right. But that's just how I feel. You, A 10-year-old, I'm not going to allow you to transition your gender at that age, 15, 16. Once you become an adult, when you have decided that, yes, this is what I want to do, then I will allow you to do what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. How do y'all feel about that? What's your thoughts on that? Well, um, <laughs> when it comes down to, I think the masses of people and parents have this automatic fear of when their child says that they want to transition into the sex that they identify with most, they automatically think it means genitalia. They want to have a SRS or a sexual reassignment surgery where they're changing their genitalia or they look at it as mutilating their body to become this person that they want to be, right? So, and it's way more than that. And I believe that when a person is born, when a person is accepting of the sex that they were assigned from the doctor at birth because they have this genitalia, it makes it easy for the world to identify this person as male, this person as female. When I look at you, I see a woman. When I look at you, I see a man, mm-hmm. right? I don't know what type of genitals you may have. Because for all I know, you very well may be transgender and you may have a penis, but that does not change who I see here and who I'm going to respect you as because this is who you're presenting me with. This is who you identify as, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. And so if I if I see, um, say, a person who whatever I see and whatever you tell me how you want me to address you, I'm going to respect you as such. That's it. Because I can say the same thing as I'm a white I'm a white woman. Are you going to respect me as who I tell you to be or are you going to rebel against me? Correct. So if I say I'm a white woman, respect me as a white woman. But the thing about it is I believe that people have this hang up of wanting to not mind their own damn business mm-hmm. <laughs> and constantly want to ident- mm-hmm. want to put you in this bubble of what they what everybody else says. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had a child that wanted to transition, it would definitely be a conversation and I would have to figure out for me as a parent we would have to have a conversation and say, okay, well, well, what do you want? What do you want me to do as your parent? Where do you want to go? And then that's what we will do. If it comes down to, cause I mean, honestly, it's just a child is a child. They mm-hmm. are, they are learning each and every day as adults. We're learning each and every day. Uh, as far as any major surgeries, the same concept of nobody ever has conversations about how Kim Zosiak allowed her child to go and have, you know, plastic surgery. I, I did. I, I had oh, that conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, I mean, and so it's it's the same concept. So it's like, yes. you know, if you have these, children, these these people in Hollywood or these wealthy people that are allowing plastic surgery for their children, it's the same concept. It is your decision and it's their understanding that for them to feel better about who they are, let them do what they want to do within Within reason. Mm-hmm. If I have, like, I mean, like, even speaking on, like, say, the Zaya Wade situation, 
that Gabrielle and Dwayne mm-hmm. are raising this child. This child identifies as Zaya. So you should just be respectful to Zaya as a human and let Zaya be Zaya. Zaya, as she grows, because I'm not saying she because she identifies as she, mm-hmm. she may very well change her mind. But once she gets to that age of wanting to physically change her appearance for the masses to respect her as who she presents, that's when there's think things change. And that those are conversations that I feel like I'm willing to have, mm-hmm. right? With a child. When I was talking about I'm they were talking about the surgery. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a firm believer, maybe it's because of my background or just because of the way I was raised, but I don't think that children have the I don't think they should have just the range to do whatever they want to do. I don't As your parent, I feel like there should be some way I'm guiding you because life is going to happen regardless. So that was that was the way I took the conversation. But do you have anything to add to that, Justice? Because I have another question. No, I mean, honestly, I just really would say as long as you are respecting your child's wishes, um, albeit prior if you don't support surgery at a young age because I don't really know that many kids would would completely grasp the surgery aspect of it um, as far as you respecting what they identify as. I think that is more so what you get at a younger age is this is what I want to be. This is who I am. This is what I want to present as respect me as such. Mm-hmm. That will get a that will garner a bigger response and a bigger acceptance than no. speaking about yes and speaking right. about surgeries and because that's that's different that's changing that's altering your entire life if you think about it like you know so it it's it's not it's complicated but it's not at the same time it's it's very it's very interesting um uh, because you can you can take it one way or you can take it another so I personally feel like if it was ever come to me, I'd be like, okay, well, I want to make sure that you understand what this means. What it means, right. And if you cannot tell me that you understand fully what this means, then that means that you are not ready. Yep. Because I do, I've mm. researched this before. So I do know people that have made these decisions at 12 and 13 that have gotten surgeries in certain uh, countries and they've been perfectly fine and they've lived their life the way that they want to because that's exactly what they knew they understood it that's what they desired that's exactly what they are uh, but then there's some that say oh, okay well you know I identify as trans for four years and then they turn 16 and then they're like okay wait maybe I'm not trans mm-hmm. maybe I'm just a masculine presenting woman right. so you know you have different everyone's mind works differently so Absolutely. I can't tell you how your mind works. I'm just going to respect what you tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So in Dallas, they are doing the surgery. Children's Hospital um, will facilitate the surgery for children and adolescents. However, you are required, you and your parents are required to go through a year of mental health therapy. At least. So I think that that's a, a good starting place. But... um. The other thing was, you said something, Reese G, about the way people identify, mm-hmm. right? And just as a, 
natural born <coughs> woman, mm-hmm. a heterosexual person. Um, as the years have gone by, I've seen different labels, and I'm I'm just a person that I don't like labels altogether. Like I don't I don't I don't like to be called African American. Like stop calling me that. You know, there's like, so many things that I just don't identify with. Right. Cisgender. Mm-hmm. So that is a word that I learned within like the last year and a half, maybe, maybe two years, mm-hmm. and had a conversation with somebody, and I was like, "Well, I'm not cisgender. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman." And they were like, "Well, you are cisgender because you identify as a woman." Mm-hmm. And I tried to have this conversation and just say, "Like, I was born like this." And there is something that reminds me every 28 to 29 days that I am a woman. (laughs) So it's not just that I am identified. That's just, that's who I am. So why do I have to now be put in a box because of, of the progression of everything? So don't think you're being put in a box. Okay. Okay. So it's it's just another way to define a difference between different types of women. Okay. Okay. Saying that a woman is a cisgender woman versus being a transgender woman is saying that that's a black woman and that's a white woman. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, Saying it's it's just basically saying that you were assigned at birth, you were given female. Mm You were born as a female and you're living your life as that female from beginning to present. Transgender means that you were originally assigned one sex and now you're presenting another, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that's where it comes into play with cisgender. It's not to say that you're in this box. It's not to say that you are different. It's, it's just say this is another way to say that you are a woman. A biologically born woman. This is just another defining word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like saying black and African American. That's all it is. Okay. And I think that some people, when they when they give cisgender to a woman, it's it comes off offensive because it's like, what you calling me? <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> you know, exactly I ain't no I ain't no cisgender. I'm a woman. Well, that's what we're saying. You know, right. that's what they are saying. And. It's just yeah. technical. Yeah. And I think that people, when when these words are created and when these divisions are created, I hate it. I don't, to be politically correct, of course, I will acknowledge a woman that is transgender, but I hate acknowledging transgender. What I do you mean? It. I hate it. It burns. It, it irritates me so because I see a woman. Mm-hmm. I have sisters really close friends that just so happen to be transgender. But when I look at them, I see a woman. Mm. I should not have to publicly say this is a transgender woman. Mm. I should not have to publicly say this is a transgender man. I shouldn't have to say this is a cisgender woman, a cisgender man. That Those terms were created... To make for, other people make, comfortable. Yeah, to make other people comfortable with understanding what's going on. Same thing with Lots saying... Right. Yes. How it came from nigga to Negro to black to African American. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, nigga, Negro, colored, colored. Okay. black, African American. Right. You know, it's just these different divisions of making somebody outside of that particular word comfortable 
because you know that you gave us this title and it was disrespectful anyway. So let me go ahead and amplify this to something that's a little bit more, you know, sweet to say so that you're not offended. But either way it goes, you should feel offended when somebody calls you transgender, cisgender, because I am Michelle. That's it. And then, Justice, you had a little reservation, though. So tell me what that was about, because I want to know. You made a little face, so I want to know. As I want to have a real conversation, we, you know. Let's get it real. Well, I just, I have, I get really sensitive when it comes to the trans community. Um, I don't know why, honestly. Um, I think it's just because I have fought internally so long to make sure that who I present as is who I am. And you're going to respect me as a man because that's that's how I present. But if if you looked at me, you wouldn't know. Let's say I let's say I was trans. You wouldn't you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Like you would have no idea. So what you were saying earlier was that you idea you identify as a natural born woman, and you have uh, a monthly visitor every 28, 29 days. However, there is somebody that can present exactly like me that could have that exact same monthly visitor. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Help me understand. So, I could be a trans man and you would not know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see, like, I could look like my face mm-hmm. could be bearded, beat down. Like, I could look, I could present as a man. However, Internally, I could still have a uterus. I could still have a vagina. Okay. I could still have the parts that make a cisgender woman. You know, I could still give birth. That make a cisgender woman. But that's what I'm saying. So I, okay, I understand what you're saying now. So what I'm saying is that why do I have to identify with anything? Right? Like, why do I have to say, yes, I'm cisgender? No, I'm a woman. Like, like you said, you look at somebody... Right, if you that's the same respect that they want, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give it to them, but I think you that are. Mm-hmm. right. But their their fight is for the individuals that are not. Their fight is for the individuals that when they're walking down Royal Lane, they get killed. Mm-hmm. That's their fight. So it's it's a little like that one word is one thing, but their whole life is another. Right. So that to me, it's a little bit more sensitive because I can I can go through Kroger, I can walk through. You know, any I can go to the black party and be good to go. But my trans sisters, my trans brothers, they are demonized differently. Mm-hmm. Even though we are members of the same community, they're demonized and they're victimized on a completely different level, at a higher level, unfortunately, mm-hmm. than I am. And it's 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 a soft spot for me, honestly, um, just because I cannot understand. I can't fathom someone hating someone. Ooh, wait a minute. Mm-mm. For being who they are, like it just it, it's disgusting to me. Like it. So when I think about the trans community, I get really sensitive. So <laughs> and I'm I just, just I respect I'm just that. It there. I'm, just, I'm here so, to be corrected. I would I say I would say it's it's when when someone addresses you as cisgender, mm-hmm. you can just simply say I don't like to be addressed that way, mm-hmm. and that is totally fine. Yeah, it's the same concept of. I don't like being called gay, but I right. do it all the time. <laughs> so. And so you just have to, you have to check that person because if that offends you, even though it may be 
the truth on paper that you are a cisgender woman, just say that you don't like to be addressed that way. Because I personally do not address me as a nigger, even with my my homeboys. Don't don't address me that way because mm-hmm. it's not what you call it, it's what you answer to. Right. And so it's it, it may come off that offends me. So don't address me that way. That may be. I identify as rich. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't so much that it offended. And let me also say this mm-hmm. because there are are women that have been born female that do not have monthly cycles. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. just want to put it that, that having a cycle does not make you a woman because, you know, that does not happen for everybody. Sometimes it just doesn't go that way. But I just, I think that it's just labeling me all the time. I feel like just as a black woman, I'm having to be labeled all mm-hmm. the time. And then this happening, it's like, okay, this is adding another label mm-hmm. to my life. And, and I think that the person I was talking to was offended that I didn't want to be... Accept that label. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, golly, am I going to have to be labeled my whole life? Next thing you know, you know, next year there's going to be another label about something that is natural to me, right? Like, I'm I'm black. And somebody said on one of these shows that somebody was openly black. I'm not openly black. I'm just black. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it just, I think for me, it was just like you, sometimes I get exhausted mm-hmm. with the labels that we have to experience. Mm-hmm. But I do understand what you're saying, just mm-hmm. is, is just like the, the violence and the things that trans people have had to experience, you know. So I understand what you're saying. It's, it's, it's very sensitive to their experience in life. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I, I feel like we, we get caught up in a lot of labels as mm-hmm. Americans. I don't know what happens in other countries, but we get caught up in a lot of labels here. Mm-hmm. And and it goes back to a lot of the labels that are given to different types of people are always for other. They think that it helps you understand this person, but it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I would prefer for you not to give a trans person a label but just be accepting to give them a job because at the end of it, whether it doesn't matter if you, cause there are a lot of women that look like men that are cisgender. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because a lot of women, a lot of transgender women, trans men, even, you know, tra- a lot of trans men struggle is that they try, they try their best to live their lives as stealth because there are tons of trans men in this world that are raped constantly, mm-hmm. you know, went from the military to just their everyday. Mm-hmm. Then you have trans women who have to turn to sex work because they cannot go and get a job without being ridiculed for for the way that they look, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's where we have to have a conversation about, well, whose problem is it? Is it the problem of this trans woman who has to turn to sex work to, to live her life or until she gets that opportunity or until she learns a trade where she can um, do this skill, where she can make her own money. Or is it the person at the McDonald's, at this corporate office that will not give her a job? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of it's, it's a two edged sword where to me, it all boils down to if you just respect this person of who they tell you they are, because I'm not going to question you. Michelle is Michelle. Mm-hmm. Michelle says she's the she. Michelle does a podcast. Michelle has her home. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, if I if I'm looking at you, 
Justice is justice. He is presenting me as he. He is doing these things and I'm going to respect him as such. If we do that and not try to go along with what other ideologies and rules that have been set by other people and not us, it will be so much easier for, and it will make room for less discrimination because there's nothing wrong. I mean, we can go back to slavery. You beat black folks and put us in chains and whips and all this stuff for what? Mm-hmm. Nobody can really say why there was slavery outside of you needed somebody to work in the fields and you just treated them wrong. And you didn't want to do it. And Correct. you didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you would have thought, if you if people would have, let's take slavery for a second. I don't mean to go long-winded, but just last point. Let's take slavery for a second. And if we look at, let's say the colonizers would have went to Africa and spoke to these people and said, hey, we got some land over here. And we want to do some working together so we can, like, make some money. Y'all want to come make some money in my country? They can say yes or no. Some people going to say yes. If they would have taken them and then all of us would have been in the fields together, all of us would have been pulling the cotton to make clothes, all of us would have been building these houses together, we would not be in this situation. But what you chose to do was because you saw a particular type of person that is stronger than you, You tried your best to keep your foot on their neck by putting them in the fields. But this nation, the United States of America could be so much further if they would have made a different approach of just saying, I don't have to steal you to build my wealth, but let's do it together. Then it would have been black and white folks in the field together, making money and eating together. Then you wouldn't have too many white women out here that can't cook. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Am I wrong? I mean, I'm just saying because that's where it comes from. That is know, a good point. We wouldn't know nothing about a ham hock and some collard greens if we wouldn't give the, given the scraps. This is true. But that's some good eating but right I there. Love them. I was going to say, okay. wait a minute, because I need some fried cabbage. I, I just fried some cabbage the other day. Oh, did you? I need I the leftovers. I, okay, where I'm is coming. the invite? I'm coming. I'm fine. So, okay, last question. And it's not necessarily a question. It is just um, give advice to youth that are either struggling with coming out or struggling with sexuality or trying to figure it out. Give advice to them that you wish you had have heard as a child yourself. Or if you did hear the advice, share what it was that someone told you. My advice to someone that is growing up and feel that they are unique because society has made you unique is to always realize that your cup is always going to be half full. So mm. fill it, fill the rest of it up, baby. Mm. You have to be able to understand that because you are unique, not different, that being a part of this community, you have people like us that are going to push you up, that's going to affirm you, that's going to be in your corner. And don't be trying to have sex until you're 18. Mm. Hello, Because <laughs> regardless of okay. who you have sex yes. with, that brings... Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell them. Uh, for me, I would say 
do your best to realize who you are internally. Um, nobody spends as much time with you than you. Uh, you know exactly who you are. You are in your head at all times. So whatever you are most comfortable with, make sure that is the you that you present to others. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. But make sure that you put your most authentic self to the world. Because uh, if you pretend to be somebody else just to pacify somebody else's beliefs, you're still going to go home tearing at night that you're not the you that you need to be. Mm. So at all times, believe that who you know that you are is who that you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll be the most happiest from my perspective. That's beautiful, Justice. Talk What's your advice? What is my advice? My advice would be to... Like Justice said, be true to who you are. Um, Continue exploring life because I believe the more you grow and as life progresses, you change all the time. So continue just exploring your journey in life. Stay in your lane. Don't look at other people's lanes. Don't look in your rearview mirror. Um... And allow other people's spaces to be who they are around you. I'm a firm believer in, you know, allowing other people to live their own journey. So don't feel like you need to infiltrate what somebody else is doing because of what happens in your own household. Mm -hmm. Let people be um, and grow as they should. And if we did that, I feel like we would be just more comfortable. I don't want to say better people. I just feel like we would just be, it would be less stressful Mm -hmm. if everybody would allow others to be who they are. Things would be less stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, But always lead with love. I feel like, you know, like we say here on the Black Celebration, EMC, educate, mitigate, celebrate. So celebrate yourself. In every aspect of your life. Oh, yes. Um, Celebrate other people, Mm -hmm. their accomplishments. Celebrate your L's, which are your lessons. And be sure. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And be sure. Not your losses, but your lessons. Your lessons. I ain't never heard that. I like it. I like it. (laughs) And be sure to have a a glass of champagne on the way once you turn 21. Yes. Mm -hmm. 21. That's After it. you drink yes. a Chardonnay. It, mm-hmm. Right, because we're not even drinking Chardonnay today. Mm. Well, we can still celebrate <laughs> mm. 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 This has been wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much, Reese G, for joining us on the Black Celebration. I Thank feel like we're going to have some great feedback. I, I feel like you gave us some good things to take away. Mm-hmm. Justice Tariq. Yes. <laughs> Oh, say he only wanted to be here a little bit. I really enjoyed you today. I feel like we need to hear more from you. Thank you for bringing our guests on. Thank you for joining us for the, you know, main conversation. And we cannot wait to hear the piece of pop culture. Oh, she's coming um, soon, baby. Yes, because the celebrities stay doing some stuff. So, stay tuned next. <laughs> For the, the piece of pop culture, thank you for joining the Black Celebration. Get you a bottle of the Brown Estate Chardonnay, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Period.